0: Hello, everyone. Thanks again for joining us this week on Order Up, the podcast from the National Restaurant Association. I'm Carly McBride, Marketing Program Manager and your host for this week's episode. Joining me for today's discussion is John Barker. John is the CEO of the Ohio Restaurant Association. We all know well that the past 18 months has been a series of ups and downs and has challenged the restaurant industry in so many ways but there's been some big wins that we're celebrating. John speaks with me about the great work he and his team have done in Ohio and the wins they've worked to accomplish during this time. So John, thank you for taking some time to speak with us today. Let's get started. So to start us off, can you please introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about the Ohio Restaurant Association?
1: Yeah, happy to. So John Barker, I'm the president and CEO. I've been uh, here about five years, and uh, before that, I was in industry for about twenty years. I was um, on the senior leadership team of the Wendy's company, and Wendy's most people in the United States you know know what Wendy's old fashioned hamburgers are. Great company to be with. We also during that time owned Tim Hortons and Arby's and Baja Fresh and Pasta Pomodoro and other things. So it was a very interesting place to work, and I had the opportunity, to obviously, come in and work for an association. Bring the uh, restaurant background to our association. And so, like a lot of the uh, restaurant associations around the United States, um, we're here to serve, right? That's what we do. We serve our members. This association is 101 years old. We actually turned 100 in in, uh, 2020, ironically, right, with what we went through uh, in 2020. But, um, yeah, it's been around for a long time. And um, we've, uh, believe it or not, we've done really well in the last couple of years, even through all of this. It's been tough. But uh, we have a real dedicated team and uh, members come first. Uh, everything we do is really about supporting our members.
0: Great. Thank you, John. Uh, and speaking to some of those difficult times, we know the pandemic has posed some huge challenges for restaurants across the country. Can you tell us a little bit more about the impact that you've seen in Ohio and where does the state stand right now?
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Ohio's um, not as bad off as some states, but not as good as others. And some of that has to do with how quickly we were able to work with our governor and our you know, local municipalities to get restaurants reopened last year. Like most, we, you know, we shut down in March. In fact, we were the first state where the governor, Governor DeWine, came out on March 15th and, and shut down indoor dining. We did convince him at that moment, though, to keep uh, drive-through, pickup window, delivery and all that open. But that was in question. And uh, we were the first state and we convinced him of how critical that was. We used a lot of the data, obviously, that we all share within the restaurant association, 51% of all food dollars, you know, go through the restaurant space, food service. And so he understood all that and we were able to have that happen. And then we worked for two months. Uh, We put together an advisory group and he agreed to that. That advisory group included uh, restaurateurs, food truck people, bar owners, uh, but also health officials. Uh, We have 113 health departments in the state of Ohio. So we had representatives from the health departments on that. And we put together the guidelines uh, to reopen indoor dining. And uh, our restrictions were six foot distancing and uh, face mask, obviously, as well as uh, you could have dividers, you know, plexiglass and things like that. But that really allowed Ohio to kind of start to reopen. And then as the summer months came, that, of course, helped a lot of people being outside. So we're not as bad as some states that would have been locked down really, you know, well into 2021, like New Mexico and Michigan and California in New York, you know, they, they got hurt uh, a lot worse, but we were not as wide open as Texas and Florida and other places like that, that really didn't have many restrictions. Plus they had warmer weather, right? So they were able to kind of weather, you know, weather the situation. So, you know, we're kind of in the middle with all that, you know, we lost, uh, we think a little over 3000 of our restaurants in the state did close. I think many of them uh, were already our weakest restaurants. People who, you know, were suffering maybe going into the pandemic for some reason, and unfortunately, you know, mom and pops. You know, and we know that the, that they're the ones that have the least amount of money in the bank, typically, right? They don't have the bank accounts. They don't have uh, all the maybe the access to funds to be able to get through something like that. And so, uh, but we did get over twenty thousand restaurants through the pandemic, right? So we're still just a little north of 20,000 operating restaurants uh, in the state of Ohio. We're we're obviously very happy about that and trying to make sure that those 20,000 continue to stay open. And and now we're starting to see reopenings and we're starting to see new openings. And so that's encouraging, but we're all fighting, you know, we're all fighting and, you know, we have lots of things we're doing to try to help them survive and uh, we can talk about that a little bit more.
0: Wow. Yes. Keeping 20,000 restaurants open during a global pandemic is an incredible feat. So congratulations to you and your team uh, for accomplishing that. Can you talk a little bit more about the early stages of the pandemic and the shutdowns? So what legislation was the Ohio Restaurant Association working towards to help those restaurants stay afloat?
1: Yeah, so part of it was uh, as legislation, uh, but part of it was looking at, you know, how do we get restaurants open safely? Because it was critical we represent the restaurant operators but as well as the employees right and then by extension the guests we're a b2b organization but we realized in a situation like this customers and guests were counting on us right to do the right things and oftentimes our operators didn't know what to do they know how to operate safely but this was a new this is a new animal right so making sure that you know we had all the information out there that we were constantly talking to our elected officials about how to do this the right way and trying to convince them that we could reopen and operate safely. And we were able to do that successfully. While that was happening, we also knew, however, that people were, you know, unfortunately furloughing, you know, thousands and thousands of people, depending on how big your organization was. So one of the things we quickly did is we established a relief fund for employees. And so we got that in place early on. And uh, since we started that, you know, we've raised almost $700,000 for employees in the state. And uh, that was really important for folks that got furloughed, didn't have any money on the other side, you know, we got very involved nationally with the Paycheck Protection Program. And when I say we worked with the National Restaurant Association Public Affairs team, they took the lead. But many of us in the states were able to work you know, very closely with, uh, for example, our two senators came on board and supported it. Many of our members on the House side supported it as well. And then towards the end, after we got PPP approved, we had to get the Flexibility Act approved. Right. So we worked on that. And because I have very large operators in the state, you know Wendy's and White Castle, Cameron Mitchell, Jeff Ruby restaurants, we were able to get an audience with um, elected officials across the U.S. who were going to be critical to these uh, pieces of legislation in the final votes. And so, working with Sean Kennedy and his team, oftentimes we get on the phone with senators and other states, or you know members of Congress in other states, and uh, and make sure that they understood because we had people with multi-state operations, and so. Even though we're based in Ohio, we were on the phone, for example, with Senator Johnson in Wisconsin, right when on the Flexibility Act was coming together, and uh, and having our operators explain to him how critical it was to get flexibility around that PPP so that people could use it for something other than just payroll, things like that. So that was on you know sort of the the national basis, and you know we like to be involved with that, and I think it was a great partnership, obviously with the National Association, and and uh, we got a lot of things done, which was was great. We also, at the state level, though, worked on state grants, and we worked on city grants from cities and sometimes counties. And so, you know, we have 88 counties in the state of Ohio, so that's a lot. But, uh, you know, we have, you know, so many of our restaurants concentrated in our big urban markets, and so that's where we really put a lot of our emphasis. And once we got some of those done, that gave us kind of a template to be able to have some of the smaller uh, smaller places, if they could, you know, if they had some money available to help, and it could be things like local doors, right? To get that approved and maybe get some signage and something as simple as that. You know, those are the designated outdoor uh, refreshment areas. In some cases, you know, we focused on alcohol to go, or you know, we really focused on the 15% delivery cap because that was crushing to a lot of our restaurants, particularly in the cold weather you know, when you couldn't eat, really eat outside in Ohio, has a lot of cold weather, right? So when you get into November, December, January, uh, a lot of our restaurants really needed to do delivery. and unfortunately, if they if they didn't uh, you know have a great negotiation on their contract with third party, they were paying thirty uh, percent on the delivery side, which means you can't make any money, right? So we worked on all those things, and it was just you know, we were just spinning as many plates uh, at the same time as we possibly could to try to get these things done.
0: Great. You and your team have certainly worn many different hats uh, during this time. Now, I want to talk a little bit more about alcohol to go. We've seen some really big successes with that all across the country. Can you tell us a bit more about how you and your team lobbied to pass those bills with the Ohio lawmakers?
1: Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that uh, became apparent to us is not only were sales down, you know, for our operators across the U.S. And we now know that it's about $290 billion in sales got lost, you know, uh, in this whole pandemic across the United states for the restaurant industry and so each state had its you know certain amount that they lost but you know and then we thought well if we can get some sales back but if we could get the profitability of sales higher that would be really helpful well what's one of the most profitable items in a restaurant if you happen to have an alcohol license right well it's you know beer and wine and alcohol so you know we worked on that and uh, you know a lot of times in um, you know elected officials are, are kind of shy at making change on things like that because they just they don't want to get into any kind of controversy but it wasn't it wasn't that difficult to get an audience, right? But in each state, it's a little different how you had to go about it. You know, what are the local laws and all that? So we, you know, we worked pretty hard on, um, you know, with, again, the National Restaurant Association to see what are, what are other states trying to do and, you know, who got something done first and how did they do it? Could we make it better? So the first thing we did is we got legislation passed on, uh, you could have two drinks to go in, uh, it had to be, you know, in a uh, container, it had to be sealed, you know, you couldn't be drinking it while you went down the road, you know, that type of thing, you had to take it home. And, um, you know, it was really important. It was like a shot of great news for our operators. And um, and it did end up being a gigantic, you know, sort of runaway, you know, hit for everybody. I think, believe it or not, a lot of our Mexican restaurants, you know, that, that uh, serve margaritas, they did really well, because people said, boy, after a couple of tough weeks, I just want to get some takeout food or delivery from my favorite local, you know, restaurant happens to be, you know, I'm hungry for Mexican food tonight. And uh, boy, a couple of margaritas sounds really good right now. And so they did really well. And I think depending on the type of restaurant, some did more than others. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, big victory for our industry. And, uh, and I think for consumers as well, to be able to, they would have a little bit of fun at the end of the day, you know, with their meal.
0: Why has hiring become so difficult? The pandemic caused a major shift in the shape of the workforce and the drivers that lead candidates to seek a job with you. Join the National Restaurant Association and Heartland Payment Systems for a webinar on August 18th at 2 p.m. Eastern. How can you enhance your employment proposition and what tools are available to make the process more effective? Join us as we discuss technology, tax credits, and tips for successful hiring. Register for Helping Your Business Fix Your Hiring Woes by visiting the link in our show notes or visit restaurant.org slash events slash learning. John, you talked about the high profitability of alcohol. So over the past 18 months or so, or since this bill has been passed, are you able to quantify the benefit that restaurants have seen with this ability to sell alcohol to go?
1: Yeah. I can't give you kind of a hard p and on this, but I will tell you that um, restaurants that were able to add alcohol to the component to go, uh, like our Hispanic friends and members who have great Mexican restaurants, uh, many of them got their sales back close to 2019 levels in 2020, which was just amazing, right? But then their profitability went up because they had this extra component because in the past, right, if you had takeout food, and they, they already had as high as like 20% of their food was to go, which is much higher than a lot of sit down mom and pop restaurants. And so, but those, they would lose all the alcohol sales, right? Um, and so in the past, so being able to have that as a component going forward, really was a game changer uh, for them. And they were so thankful. And, um, and we were happy to work on that and get that done. And, you know, I think it's important to, you know, listen to your constituents and within reason say, I think we can do this. I'm not sure we can do this. And so, you know, we never said we can just roll out, and get this done tomorrow, but we said, we're going to give it, you know, we're going to give it to, you know, a a real hard push and we're able to do that.
0: Yep. And that's exactly the kind of support that those restaurants needed. So kudos to your, you and your team uh, for providing that. Uh, I know there are some really significant grants that you and your team have recently secured. So tell me a bit more about those.
1: So there's been a number of things that we worked on. The governor uh, has been very supportive of business here in the state, for example, our bureau workers comp numbers in the state—they had extra funds available, and so in 2020 they were able to you know, rebate or refund some of those uh, some of those dollars. And our members were able to take it take advantage of that. Uh, we had a couple small grants that came through uh, locally. The state did have a um, kind of a bar and restaurant rescue grant 2020, but we went back and said, now that we really know how this has turned out, how many people you know, really lost everything and and some are still hanging on. And we put together a program with the uh, Ohio uh, Department of Development and we're able to create a grant program uh, that people are taking advantage of right now, depending on their 2020 losses, they can get 10, 20, or up to 30,000 per location, uh, depending on what their losses were in 2020. And uh, that's really terrific because, you know, we had the Paycheck Protection Program, but so much of that was to keep people employed right to keep them from being furloughed now some people did use some of the ppp for other expenses but that was primarily payroll these grants are for people to pay for boy my awning blew off or you know my uh, kitchen system needs to be upgraded or like severe things in their restaurants that they were not able to get to in 2020 because they just they had no cash flow right so those are the kind of things that people are looking at uh, with these kind of grants and uh, those are being worked on right now Uh, and, uh, we were able to get that approved. And so that's really terrific. And we got it for restaurants, bars, hotels, food trucks, pretty much our hospitality family.
0: You are a busy team for sure. Uh, shifting a little bit back to the alcohol to go topic. Uh, I know a few States have already worked to make this a permanent law. So where does that stand in Ohio? Is this something that you and your team are working on?
1: There's a number of things that we think, uh, should come out of the pandemic and stick. And, uh, we've learned a lot. Alcohol to go is a component that we think you know, this is what the public wants. You know, they, people can go into a restaurant and, you know, if look liquor license, sit down and have alcohol, or they can go to the grocery store or whatever the state, you know, some states have state stores, things like that. Uh, but the consumers really want this and uh, they want to have the convenience. And uh, particularly as you think about millennials and Gen Z, the younger audiences, this is the kind of way that they, they are okay to getting food delivered on a regular basis. Right. And so they don't want that be restricted by you know, laws and things that were put in place 20, 30 years ago that don't really make sense here, here in 2021. So yeah, we're going to work on that. you know We also think that these uh, designated outdoor refreshment areas, if done well and controlled well, right, people can enjoy themselves, walk around on the outside. Uh, and, and here we are back with a Delta variant, right? So people might want to be outside more as we get into colder weather and things like that, but that helps. you know We really advocated for on-street dining, so, you know, in many of our cities here in Ohio, what we've been able to do with our local cities is to carve out space in front of restaurants or maybe beside in an alley and put up barriers and put some tables up and, and just kind of create an outdoor. And early on, it looked pretty rough, right? It was just like a couple of card tables, you know, with uh, some, some barriers and things like that. And now we see people putting up chalets and putting up themed, you know, in the summer, like Hawaiian theme and, you know, having some fun with it. In, you know in the winter you know they'll, they'll still be outside but they'll have a kind of a whole theme, maybe a ski theme or something like that. so getting creative with some of these things to try to take care of customers you know because we just don't know exactly we were hoping you know the worst of COVID was over fingers are crossed but we don't know for sure so we want to have options and we want to keep pushing these kind of things because um, the world's probably not going to go back to where it was in 2019.
0: Yes. I agree with you. Uh, so where can folks learn more about which restaurants in Ohio are serving alcohol to go?
1: (laughs) You know, in most cases, uh, there, there's no one place, unfortunately, you know, um, I think that, uh, people are pretty familiar with the restaurants that are in their, you know, two mile radius around where they work or, or, you know, where they live And you know, but if you're not sure, you know, just ask your restaurant, all the menus will say one way or the other. Um, Most of them did take advantage of it, you know, because it's just, it's a nice opportunity to make a few extra dollars. So if they have an alcohol license, most are, most are offering it. The the only ones that wouldn't is if they just only had beer. And the the reason for that is that's not, that wasn't quite as, as high a demand. And in most cases, you know, the beers are, you know, they're coming in bottles and cans and things like that. It's really, it was really the mixed drinks and wine that seemed to be the most popular.
0: Great. Thank you. So what's next for you and your team? What's on your to-do list right now?
1: <laughs> it depends on the moment, right? The, uh, what's going on right now? Believe it or not, this week, we are monitoring everything very carefully on the changes around the Delta variant. And a lot of our restaurateurs are nervous again. You know, They've really wanted to put this out of their minds and just operate and just try to recover and get back. And right now they have to worry a little bit about this. We've had a few operators on a national basis come out and say things like, "We're going to require you know our staff and our and our guests to show vaccine cards and to and to wear a mask." We are starting to see some retailers come out and announce that they're going to require masks. Kroger, places like that. You can imagine they might go first. As you know, it's a little more hard, more and more difficult in a restaurant, right? Because you come into a restaurant, you can wear the mask on the way in, but when you sit down and dine, you got to take the mask down, right? And um, You know, it was hard for a lot of our restaurants across the United States and here in Ohio to play mask police, right? And um, it was just difficult because we're an industry that's based on hospitality. Our job when somebody shows up at the front door is to say, yes, is the answer. What's the question? How can I take care of you, right? How can I give you a great meal and smile and tell you what's on the menu and get you hungry, you know, for, for some, you know, menu items and things like that. And so to say, hey, you know, you're not following the mask mandate, you know, those kind of things like that's not a great role. For a server to be in, or a host, or even the even the manager, right? So, this is making us all a little anxious, and uh, and we're concerned about that. We'll see where that goes. But importantly, the big thing that many of us are working on now is the restaurant revitalization uh, fund. We uh, we pushed very hard for the replenishment act, which would be hopefully generating another fifty to sixty billion, you know, back into that fund because uh, you know about a third of the people who were eligible and applied for that got it, but two-thirds did not, including many of our operators who were really upset and discouraged. And so we're pushing and pushing and pushing. I just, in the last day, my, uh, my team, we've been on the phone you know, with Senator Brown's office uh, and Senator Portman's office, and uh, we're pretty excited. We think both of them will support it. Senator Brown, for sure. We're, we're talking to Senator Portman's group. Um, <clears throat> we think they'll support it. Senator Portman's been on the front of the infrastructure bill, so he's been very busy on that. But this is critical. Uh, this will make a big difference on how many restaurants make it into 2022 and beyond. And uh, we think we have the kind of support, but now we got to figure out how to get it into a bill and which ones it's going to be attached to. And all the all the inside baseball that goes on, you know, in in D.C. is what we're working on right now.
0: Great. I know it's been a roller coaster for everyone and the folks in Ohio are really lucky to have you and your team advocating for them. So as we close things out, is there anything else that you want our listeners to know about the work that you're doing Uh, and let them know where they can find some more information?
1: Yeah. Like all the state restaurant associations, we had to make these big changes in 2019. You know, we were kind of, we were, 2019 was a great year. Then 2020, we had to shift and focus on what we call crisis, right? It was just a big crisis. And we focused on communications, information, and just helping people survive. What we're trying to do now is get back to all the other things that we do, right? All the things that we offer members, serve safe, you know, training, you know, all the webinars that we do across every topic that they need, whether it's technology or human resources. You know, we, like a lot of the state restaurant associations are focused on workforce development because that's a big issue and it's not going to go away quickly. It's been coming for a number of years. The pandemic made it even worse. We have a gigantic shortage of employees across every sector but the restaurant industry because we're the second biggest that's not government we have so many jobs available right now so we are working on workforce development we're working you know with the national restaurant association on this and many other states to try to come up with ways to incentivize people to come back into this industry return to the industry get younger people to come into it you know it's a great industry to work in you know you can come in and work in it while you're just in high school and college and go do something else get great training right you learn a lot Many people choose to stay in it, and we want to make this an industry where people want to come and stay, make it their career. You know, so we're focused on things like you know, restaurants not only have to have competitive pay, but you know, we have to make sure we have competitive benefits, we have to make sure that we have the culture right in our our restaurants and our businesses. Right? We have to treat people the right way, we got to make sure that they see upward mobility opportunities in their life. Right? Um, sometimes people you know, come in and say, Hey, I want to work in this type of a restaurant for a while, but my job really I'd like to do is work for a restaurant company in marketing. Well, many of our restaurant companies, you can come into you work in the restaurant. Many of our CEOs in the restaurant industry started working as a line cook, right. Or maybe, you know, you know, working in the drive through window or, you know, peeling potatoes or washing dishes or whatever they did. So great upwardly movement. We're working on ways to just kind of tell this story over and over and over again so people understand this is a good place to come because this is going to be one of the biggest issues, and we think it's going to be here for quite some time. All of our information that we put together is on a really comprehensive website uh, that people can go to, and uh, we're pretty proud. We think we have a lot of things on there to help people, ohiorestaurant.org, and of course, The Mothership, the National Restaurant Association's website, and Restaurant, uh, Restaurants Act, also a ton of information there as well.
0: Thank you so much for your time today, John. And all of this information, we will be sure to include in our show notes, so it's one easy click uh, for our listeners to find this information. John, thank you again for your time today. It's been really great, and I appreciated speaking with
1: you. Thank you, Carly. Nice to talk to you.
0: Why has hiring become so difficult? The pandemic caused a major shift in the shape of the workforce and the drivers that lead candidates to seek a job with you. Join the National Restaurant Association and Heartland Payment Systems for a webinar on August 18th at 2 p.m. Eastern. How can you enhance your employment proposition and what tools are available to make the process more effective? Join us as we discuss technology, tax credits, and tips for successful hiring. Register for helping your business fix your hiring woes by visiting the link in our show notes or visit restaurant.org events learning. Thanks so much for listening to Order Up, the podcast from the National Restaurant Association. Follow us on your favorite podcast player and find out more at restaurant.org slash podcasts. Episode produced by Dante32.